Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. The rest of the song keeps going. Yeah, we're like, oh, I remember that one. The the only words I know are the jump part. Jump. There's some there's some verses, but I have no idea what the what the lyrics are. You know that once that synth hits. If you're in the stadium, it's like that. I know what's happening. Yeah. It's time to jump. Uh, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Uh, you're watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. Well, today we've got another set review. It got, I feel like all we've done is set reviews for like two months straight now. February. I mean, look, when Ikaria came out, I don't think we've had all. We we're always like August, the worst month of the year. It's just been set review after set review. You mean April? April, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all blending together now. <laughs> Yeah, Coria C20, M21, now Jumpstart, all in the course of uh, a few weeks. But there are a bunch of new cards in Jumpstart, specifically new yeah. commanders, and they're pretty. there's some pretty cool stuff. So we felt like we had to talk about uh, these new commanders. But first, before we get into it, we need to talk about our sponsor. If you want to pick up Jumpstart, pre-order the stuff right now. Uh, you can pick up M21 stuff. Mm-hmm. Those sets are kind of tied together, so you might want to get both. If you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone, that's our affiliate link, and that is where you should go to buy all of your magic products, singles, anything at all. You know, you're going to get that stuff anyway, so you may as well just simultaneously support the content that you enjoy while you're doing it. Yeah, jump on it at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Jump on it. Uh, Our other sponsor of the show, one that we love to get jumping on whenever near you probably comes out, is Ultra Pro. In fact, Josh, put this sweet playmat in front of me today. This is so cute. Look at it's this. It's a baby Godzilla. Baby Godzilla. Yeah, Ultra um, Pro always making the coolest stuff. Not to mention a brand new playmat design that that you don't normally see. It's just a stitched edge. It's uh, actually gives it a lot more durability. A lot of times, playmats will sort of fray around the edges over time. And Ultra Pro playmats already are very high quality, so they don't do this that much. But I've had some playmats that are like 10, 11 years old. Now, this stitched, beautiful edge playmat gets rid of that, and it feels nice. And 
let's not kid around. Ultra Pro is always making the best products for Magic stuff. Josh and I trust them to protect all of our cards, and we believe you should too. When it comes to sleeves, deck boxes, folios, right? Binders to take to conventions, to show off to people to trade with. Those are all ways that you can be a part of the Ultra Pro family. And not to mention, join the rest of us in putting your, your cards in the best sleeves. My goodness, do I love Eclipse sleeves. And, uh, you know, next time you're at cardcam.com slash command zone or you're at a big box retailer or your LGS, you want to support your LGS during these trying times, buy some ultra product to help us out as well. Yeah, they really do protect your stuff. And the final way to support everything that we do is directly if we go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we shout out one lucky patron every single episode. Oh. And this episode is dedicated to Heather, Heather Phelps. Phelps. Heather, you rock. You do rock. Okay. All right. Let's get into, well, before we get into the set review, we thought we should talk about what Jumpstart is, because I think a lot of people aren't aware that this is kind of a special set. It's not like your normal yeah. set. So this is not a standard legal set. In fact, the only sets that this is, le or formats is legal in is like Legacy, Vintage, and specifically Commander. Jumpstart is a brand new and product. Oh, and, and Historic. That's right. Uh, just add another one on. Yeah. <laughs> one I don't play. Okay. Uh, add another one onto the list because Jumpstart is a special set where there are a bunch of pre-set boosters, right? The boosters aren't, the what you'll they're get, themed. they're themed, yeah, but each booster actually has a specific set of cards in there that you can actually look up and you'll know what you get when you get them. In fact, this is something that is, is supposed to be literally a jumpstart to play the game really quickly, really easily with you and a friend. These packs of 20 cards will have lands as well as spells, creatures, legendary creatures in them. You're gonna open two of them, you're gonna look at the themes, you're gonna choose which ones you wanna mash together, and then boom, shuffle it up, you have a 40 card deck right there and you're ready to battle. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. It's sort of more for beginning players uh, or just if you want to get a game in real quick, you know, yeah. without like the full-on deck, deck brewing of Sealed or Draft, all the preamble that those have. This is literally open up two packs, shuffle them together. You have a 40-card deck. Your opponent does the same, and then you play. Like Jimmy said, there are um, packs of 20 cards. Each pack has a theme, and then there are two wrappers on the pack. So mm -hmm. one will be an outer wrap wrapper that doesn't even tell you what the theme is of the thing inside. Like a regular booster pack, but yeah. a little thicker. So you could just take two of those at random and be, I'm going to play these two, you're going to play those two, and not know what they are, and open then open up. them. Or you can open the outer wrapper, it will say what the theme is, and you can kind of maybe open three or four of those, look and combine the two that you want mm -hmm. into uh, the deck that you want. So it's a lot like Keyforge. Yeah, like, which a is lot like Keyforge. Another Richard Garfield game, which had "quote unquote" boosters, but each booster was a specific, you know, tied to a QR code deck list. That that was the deck. When you opened it, that was the deck that you got to play. And a lot of fun was sort of discovering what the cards were, finding the synergies within those preset of cards. Yeah, you um, weren't actually allowed to like take cards from different packs and put them together at all. You yeah. just played what you got. That's Keyforge, obviously. So, so this seems inspired by that. Yeah, and when you open up these packs, there's, I guess, uh, uh, like around 120 different total themes you can combine them into, so... Well, there's, there's I think there's 45 themes. Right. There's 121 different variations. So that's, oh, yeah, that's something I want to total. talk about. Okay. So each theme could have either one pack that is available so a certain things if you get that theme on it phyrexian for example mm -hmm. there's only one uh deck Virgin. list for that right and so you know exactly all the cards in that when when you open it some themes have four different versions so that means some of the cards will be the same but certain other cards could be different depending on which version of that deck uh you got so there's one two and four variations um themes have a core set of cards that are the same but other cards can differ right the also all the lands in each theme are going to be the same 
So that means the ones, there's two that there are only uh, one version of a theme. Right. So the Unicorn deck and the Phyrexian deck. Uh, so the, the Phyrexian Swamps and the Unicorn Plains are going to be pretty rare because only one out of 121 packs is those packs, and those are the only place to get those lands. Um, there's seven or six lands in each pack, which seems kind of low to me. That means if you shovel two together, you're going to have like 14 or 13 lands. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the decks do have some sort of ramp in them, and they're all very much built to have a low curve and to just play fast, efficient magic without many of those like six mana plus showstopper cards. I'm so. sure they tested it, but it seems low to me, and the last thing you want uh, new players to be experiencing is like mana screws, so that <laughs> seems a little bit weird. But anyway... That's uh. W- anyway, we mentioned all this stuff about how many variations and themes and stuff are because there's a bunch of reprints in this set that people are excited about, and I don't want to dampen anybody's excitement, but I don't think it's quite as exciting as everybody thinks. So, let's let's talk about the notable reprints, and we'll talk about the pricing on some of these cards because they actually for a beginner product, there's a lot of b- big name cards in here, especially stuff we've been for asking for for a while. Yes. So, uh, Path to Exile is printed in this set. That's a five dollar uncommon. It's uncommon in this set. However, Path to Exile only comes in one of the packs out of the 121 packs. Ah, interesting. So yes, technically it's uncommon, but it's just the same rarity as any of the rares because... It's one in 121. Yeah, exactly. So we've got... Uh, you want to read some of these? Yeah, Cathar's Crusade. About 10 bucks. Two packs. Kira, Great Glass Spinner, a very annoying card to play against. Also $10. Reanimate, $12 card. That's in two packs. That's a card that I absolutely love. Uh, Maelstrom Archangel, twelve about twelve bucks. Ghoul Caller Gisa, fifteen. Wow. Phyrexian Tower, seventeen. That's a card that hasn't seen in print in a long time. Uh, yeah, and a good one that we use a lot in Commander. Yeah, Rise of the Dark Realms, yeah. all the way up to twenty plus dollars. I didn't realize this, but yeah, that card's obviously very powerful. Linvala Keeper of Sea Silence mm-hmm. is uh, about twenty five dollars. Oh, here we go. Here's a big one we've been asking for for a long time. Ristic Study. Staple in the commander format. It yeah, was all the absolutely. way up to like 26, 27 bucks. Uh, not to mention the brand new Teferi that we talked a lot about in the past couple of weeks is also in here. M21 and Jumpstart, they said, were very closely tied. So a lot of the packs will have similar cards that you have seen uh, spoil in M21, like Gadric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That new Dragons in there, a bunch of other ones as well. Teferi pre ordering, though, for like $27. So that's a good reprint, technically. Right, immediately. Uh, Shieldred, Whispering One, mm-hmm. an almost $30 card, 28 bucks or so. Same with Selvala, Heart of the Wilds, a, a very powerful CEDH card, probably why it's up there in price. Exquisite Blood, oh. part of the famous combo, and especially now with Vito, had been really getting up there because it hadn't been reprinted, I think, ever or maybe once. Yeah. was up there near $40. I think it was like 37 bucks. Eesh. And then, of course, one of the most powerful green cards out there, Oracle of Moldaya. A card we've been asking to have reprinted for a long time. I want to put it in all my decks. I love that card. (laughs) It's another about $40 cards. And then Craterhoof Behemoth, also reprinted in this set. That was $50 plus. So a lot of value packed in there. Um, Yeah, notice that all the cards we named besides Cathar's Crusade and Reanimate, those are in two of the 120 packs. Yeah. All the rest are only in one of the 120 packs. Ah. So I think that the... The reprints, uh, the amount of reprints that are going to come into the market is actually going to be fairly low because if you consider like expeditions and masterpieces from, you know, Amonkhet blocks, mm-hmm. Zendikar and whatever, those came in about one of every 140 oh, booster packs. So, I mean, you could kind of look at Craterhoof and say it's about close to like what an expedition was. Yeah, I think the only saving grace here would be is knowing how 
right? If they're printing to demand, if they're going to keep Jumpstart around for literal forever, or yeah. if it's only going to be one of the limited time runs like Conspiracy and stuff in the past, that's going to change a lot too because then, you know, if you have this thing that's always available, then yeah, you will crack a lot more in the future. But if it's just like for only two months, you can get this product, then it, I don't think it's going to affect the market too much. Uh, and we also don't know, no one knows or they haven't announced if there's an even distribution of the, the mm-hmm. themes and the packs and whatever. There may be certain ones that get printed more, although you would assume under that model, they would probably print the ones with Pretty equal or they probably, you'd assume they'd print them equal, but if they didn't, they'd probably skew towards the not crater hoof packs, the not really expensive ones yeah. being printed more, right? Like that's just the way it tends to go. So we'll see how it goes. There's some cool reprints. Uh, um, I hope they print a lot of it. That's all. I guess that's all we can say. I do too. I want them a lot more heuristic studies and, and Oracle of Moldias. I want all the crater hoofs. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's go on to the main topic here, which is the best new commanders, the new commander review from Jumpstart. There are set 37 new cards in the set, but today we're only going to be talking about the new legendary creatures that can be your commanders. There are 10 of those. Yep. And we'll talk about the other cards in our next set review, which is coming very soon. Uh, I don't think we're probably going to talk about 27 cards there because some of the new cards are like commons. Hopefully it'll uh, be a short set review for once and we'll just talk about like a dozen cards and be like sorry it's 40 minutes and we're done jinx it okay (laughs) we'll see okay so the first one up is we're going to do a cycle actually there's a cycle of allied pairs and there are five of them or four of them i think five five of them them. yeah yeah so this is rakdos azorius gruel selesnia demir you saw these recently uh in uh ravnica when we went back to it this is sort of like the guild pairs here and the way they've templated these is they all are monocolor to cast but they have a hybrid mana symbol in their rules text which makes them the allied pairs so the first one is sethron herloon general <laughs> it's three red red for a four four legendary minotaur warrior oh here we doing it minotaurs whenever sethron or another non-token minotaur enters the battlefield under your control create a two three red minotaur creature token oh and then you can pay two and a hybrid rakdos so two and a black or two and a red and minotaurs you control get plus one plus oh and gain menace and haste until end of turn. You could activate this multiple times if you wanted to get multiple um, plus one plus oh. I guess you get multiple Menachean. Yeah, I was going to say all those, well, but they all don't those instances, instances of menace, Menache. It'd be awesome if menace like doubled out. So it's like, nope, now you yeah. need three creatures, now you need four. Hard to keep track of. Well, there's like a triple menace now, right? <laughs> Can't only be like with three or three creatures. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so this is a minotaur tribal commander you make tokens when you cast minotaurs it pumps your minotaurs really you have to have minotaurs in the deck to run this commander right like you're not yeah, just running this, it this is a minotaur deck yeah 100 but, but um, is, is it the best minotaur commander now i think it is i think it is so i ran in the have the worthy deck back in the day it was not worthy uh <laughs> but that's a card that you probably would run in this deck and notably it's when a minotaur or a non-token minotaur enters the battlefield under your control so that's it doesn't trigger off itself because it creates a token mm. um but this is definitely just a go oh, no, no, no. it says whenever sethron or an, an, yeah, yeah, yeah so it does it's trigger not, off itself no, no, but I'm sorry. You know, it's not off cast. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, and then when the little creatures come into the battlefield, it doesn't re-trigger it because it's non-token. Creature. Right, right. Otherwise, it would just instantly go infinite. Make a million. Yeah. Um, I think this is the best mentor general. Uh, otherwise, you're looking in the Heb the Worthy or Mogus God of Slaughter, which are both pretty. Yeah, and they I mean, don't even say the words Minotaur on them, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Heb gives first strike, right? Yeah, first strike. Yeah. And the thing is, like. 
this isn't been a super supported tribe in the, in general, but this is, if you're going to do the Minotaur deck, now is your chance. And that's sort of, we'll see this as a theme in Jumpstart. There are a lot of like very specific tribal decks that are giving a little bit of love to underappreciated tribes or even ones that are very appreciated, um, but they're themed. I think it's like to get players into it. It's like, oh, cool. I have a Minotaur deck going on now with yeah. this or whatever. Yeah, and if you're um, a new player, it makes it a little easier to deck build too. You just look yeah. for that word Minotaur and it kind of yeah. clues you in. Like, maybe I should put this in my deck. Yeah, so in general, Minotaur tribal stuff that you're going to want to put in this deck is Didgeridoo. We mentioned every time. It's one mana for an artifact. You pay three. You may put a Minotaur permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's there, good because the ETBs is not on cast, so you get the token from yeah. Sethron. I like how it's Minotaur permanent. I'm, I'm waiting for the Minotaur land. Oh, <laughs> hey, who knows? A land type Minotaur. <laughs> Um, Herald's Horn is a card that's also being reprinted in Jumpstart. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a three-mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. So this is just generic tribal. Creature spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. And at the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card of the chosen type, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. So a bit of card draw there as well. Vanquisher's Banner, very similar. You choose a creature type creatures get plus one plus one of that type and then whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type you draw a card it's kind of like there is in the card resurgent there are a <laughs> bunch of um tribal cards that are choose a creature type so mm -hmm. you can kind of that way they don't have to print one for each you know they right. don't need an elf one and a merfolk one and a minotaur one they're just like hey just choose Cabinet the type souls. that you want yeah exactly you yeah so there's a bunch of that obviously that's all going to go in there uh minotaur specific stuff though there's there's a decent amount of that they've started yeah. to do this in recent years maybe the best one is rage monger it's it's one black red for a two three minotaur spells you cast cost black red less to cast so if you had minotaur that cost two and a red it only cost two if it costs two red black it would just cost two as well so pretty good it's it's kind of like you're uh in your edgewalker edgewalker yeah yeah which is the best card in that deck and <laughs> i think this would be one of the better cards because it's possible you can just cast a bunch of minotaurs for free or very cheap after you get yeah. that out and then have the activated ability of Sethron and boom you're swinging them for a lot of damage there's a bunch of minotaur lords one of them is rageblood shaman it's two it's a two three four one red red uh minotaur shaman of course it says trample and other minotaur creatures you control get plus one plus one and have trample Trample's pretty important i think yep. in the minotaur deck uh fell high petrifier very good with menace because it gives other minotaur creatures you control death touch Death Touch is itself. great with Menace because they have to double block, so you just get to kill both. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And if you have Trample, you just do 1-1 one, one and then go in for the rest of yep. the face. Yeah. Uh, Kregma Warcaller, it's uh, three black-red for a 2-3 Minotaur Warrior. Minotaur creatures you control have haste, and whenever a Minotaur you control attacks, it, get, it gets plus 2, plus 0 oh until end of turn. Wow. So it's kind of like what Sethron does, but just a little heavier minus the haste or minus the, uh, the Menace enabling. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you want to go on Menace Tribal, this is where I'm excited here. We're going to mention Menace Tribal at least another time on the show. Menace Tribal. Yeah, because most Minotaurs either have Menace or, like, Sethron gives them Menace. Yeah. So it's just sort of a nice sub-theme to have with your Minotaurs. Yeah, it works really well. It doesn't super take away from the theme of the deck. Um, Labyrinth Raptor is a newer addition. It's a 2-2 two -two creature Nightmare Dinosaur with Menace. Whenever a creature you control with Menace becomes blocked, defending player sacrifices a creature blocking it. And for just a black and a red, creatures you control with Menace get plus one, plus oh until end of turn. So if you combine this, right, two, uh, it's black, red, plus Sethron's two and a red, you're going to give all them plus one plus so until end of turn and this one already gives it plus one plus so and this is like slightly cheaper i guess so you activate sethron and then next up you would activate labyrinth raptor and it's a it's a big game because they have to have two creatures block to block it and they have to sack one as soon as they block with Ugh, two yeah. yeah it's just brutal they're never gonna really have great blocks yeah um sonor sonorous 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 howl bonder oh. one uh and then two hybrid rakdos so three mana 
total one black black one red or one red black for a two two human warrior with menace each creature you control with Menace can't be blocked except by three or three or more creatures yeah so that's the uh super yeah yeah <laughs> super Menace. <laughs> super Menace. that means your creatures are almost unblockable at that point it, it, I mean, maybe they can block one. How many times do I have three creatures on the battlefield? If I'm I not, mean, like, very rarely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Menace well, often feels like unblockable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frill Scare Mentor is two in red. Uh, when there is a battlefield, you put a menace counter on target creature control, and you tap it to put a plus one plus one counter on each creature control with menace for two in a red. Angrath Captain of Chaos gives our creatures menace, and you can amass with him. Uh, yeah. So other ways to give death touch are good because we know we mentioned earlier why death touch is good with menace creatures so basilisk caller and gorgon uh flail right both equipment that give death touch and then also archetype of finality is four black black for a gorgon it's a two three it says creatures you control have death touch and creatures your opponents control lose death touch and can't have or gain get death touch aha take that death touch treble that's right <laughs> so once you're Menace and Death Touch, your creatures really are basically unblockable. Like nobody, Unless a token deck maybe can get at you, but everything else is like, I don't want to lose two creatures for your Even two, then, the token deck's like, man, I have to lose two for every one? Yeah. Uh, blah. Um, and then, of course, instant speed and removal and tricks in general are very good against Menace blocks. So like, fine, I'll double block here. I'll kill it at least. And then you blow them out. Yeah, you go, boom, I remove one of them, and now my Minotaur wins versus the one that's left. Or you have like a trick that pumps... Your yeah. your uh, Minotaur like team or battle rage everyone's favorite. It's a one in red instant. Not maybe not everyone's favorite. <laughs> Target creature gains double strike until end of turn and it has a ferocious trigger that that creature also gains trample if you control a creature with power four or greater. So so you can first strike because it's got double strike. Kill the one one of the blockers and then the other one doesn't have enough power to dis- to right. kill you and then you kill that one too. Uh, if anybody was watching that command fest online we did where we played with kyle oh yeah at one point i attack with grevin he double blocks think he's gonna kill it and i chaos warp one of them kill the other one that was a pretty huge blowout yeah that's 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 bad generally if if you're like the menace player and and you're attacking and someone's like well i'll just block it like this they they probably shouldn't right yeah because you're planning to do something you're not just gonna throw away creatures willy-nilly i feel like yeah and just them knowing you have a couple of combat tricks in your deck makes it so that they think that way and then they don't block you and you get free attacks right yeah yeah all right, let's move on to the next legendary creature. Pretty interesting one. Inyaz, the Gale Force. Three blue blue for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature, Jin with flying. Actually, almost identical cost to a Sethron. Mm-hmm. Two and an Azorius, so two in the white or two in the blue. Attacking creatures with flying get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So it's a lord a trigger for your creatures with flying and not, I guess, in Sethron's case, m- Minotaurs. Again, you could activate it multiple times, too, if you mm-hmm. had the mana to give plus three, plus three or whatever. Here's the interesting text. Whenever three or more creatures you control with flying attack, each player gains control of a non-land permanent of your choice controlled by the player to their right. All right, let's work this really fast. I have Inyaz. I'm going to swing with Inyaz and two other flying creatures, so it's going to trigger the second ability. I'm going to swing it at anyone. doesn't matter. As soon as they attack, each player, including myself, gains control of a non-land permanent that I choose control by the player to their right. So, so I you have, choose everything that happens here. Exactly. I look at Josh's board and I'm like, give me your uh, your soul ring. Yep. I look at my board and I'm going to give Mel my land. Or a token. Oh, just non-land. Yeah. Any, oh, no. Uh, treasure token. Yeah, treasure token, whatever. Mel, I look at her board and I'm like, give your best flying creature to Craig because oh, so I'm attacking can't block you. you. And then Craig's going to give something to Josh. I'm like, Josh, if you give, if I give you this, can you do this? You or know? take his combo piece. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can happen here. It's really interesting, though. I personally believe that this might be the most interesting Azorius commander ever. Wow. It's like every flying, other Azorius tribal, commander. and also like weird yeah. steel stuff, but also 
everybody's stealing. It's like it's you're hard to giving this stuff away, and you're like really controlling what happens here. It's mm-hmm. interesting. I think it's it's one of those like group hug decks that makes you think more than most Azorius decks, which are just like, don't attack me. I'm gonna stack you out. I like this because Flying Tribal was kind of already a thing, but it wasn't that powerful. This gives another sort of bonus. If you get up to three attacking three things now, rather than just like the normal, hey, your flying stuff gets bigger, you get to affect the board in a really interesting way. And this, although it seems symmetrical because you're choosing everything, it's always going to be good for you and bad for everybody else, or at least the worst you can do for everybody else. So it's a very powerful effect. I think being five mana is fine too, because by the time you get to turn five, you you can cast a one mana, two mana, three mana, four mana flyer or whatever, and then get going. Well, I think you cast Inez and then hopefully already have three flyers and just attack with those three flyers and it doesn't say Aeneas has to attack it's just whenever three or more creatures you control with flying attack so those other threes if you made uh, tokens or something you immediately get to do the steal stuff thing which is the fun part I think I mean a single attack trigger off Aeneas could change the entire game easily because the player to your right you're definitely taking their best thing yeah so for the player to your right it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) not to mention too like it's when they attack they don't need to connect on combat damage it's just when they attack so if someone's trying to stop this they have to remove it before it happens i didn't even think about the thing you said too which is like you can remove the blocker of the person you're attacking (laughs) with the trigger (laughs) like if they have one flyer you're just like oh that's going to somebody else (laughs) who i'm not attacking right now Yeah, yeah pretty cool um Let's talk about some cards you put down as far as the group hug category. I think this is like the controlled combat category too. Yeah, Pramicon Sky Rampart is a Jeskai commander that you could put Inez inside. It's a flying defender for Jeskai 1-5, and it says, when it enters the battlefield, choose left or right. Each player may attack only the nearest opponent in the chosen direction, and Planeswalker is controlled by that opponent. So you could really mess with things here and be like, okay, everyone has to attack a specific way now, and I'm going to make you steal stuff for, like, right? If I'm saying, Josh, you can only attack to you're right and i'm also stealing your stuff to attack with like you and can never you can make a deal with the person you're left going hey i'll give you that i'll cool give you the best thing, thing off that board if yeah. <laughs> you don't attack me oh this is this yeah it's spicy now tricksy yeah i like Pramcon, that a lot Pramcon's digging it <laughs> that's pretty cool uh another group hub commander is braids conjurer adept it's two blue blue for a two two legendary human wizard at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player may put an artifact creature or land card from their hand onto the battlefield hmm. very interesting especially if i'm taking it yeah. I mean, at this point, if if you're playing as Inez, do you just not put out the thing you want taken away? Well, I mean, you look and you go, how many flying creatures do they have right now? <laughs> Can I stop them from swinging? <laughs> yeah. Um, Noble Benefactor is interesting, too. It's two in the blue for a human cleric. When it dies, each player may search the library for a card and put that card into their hand. Then each player searches the library. This way shuffles it. So this is like everyone can tutor now in blue and white. Mm. However, those cards are always going to be a little dangerous because if they're not, if they're getting a permanent, then Inez is able to take it. Right. If you, put, if you just, get something awesome, then I steal it. And this is another one where it's just like, hey, I'm going to do something that, you know, I know this is going to benefit you because this is a problem over here and I can't deal with it with my weird Inez deck. So... Is there's a lot of negotiating, I think, with these kinds of cards that makes the the gameplay a little more interesting than just try and win all the time. That's cool. Uh, so another tribe that flies, yes, is Sphinxes, and they're in mono blue. Uh, I guess there are some in white now too, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a few Sphinxes running around, but it's a good pairing, right. for Inez deck because if you go full Sphinx, Sphinx tribal and just have Inez as your commander, then you're gonna have a lot of Sphinxes triggering off each other and doing a bunch of stuff. Like Unesh, Krausfink Sovereign is this big old four blue blue flyer. Uh, it costs 
Sphinx spells you cast cost two less to cast. And then whenever Unesh or another Sphinx enters the battlefield under control, reveal the top four cards of your library. And the opponent separates them into two piles, one into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So, mini factor fiction. Mini factor fiction. Is our old preview card? In this case, you know, you're casting a bunch of flyers already, and this is going to reduce the cost of them. You're going to be stealing things. It gives your opponents a lot of choices. It's like a choice deck now, right? Mm -hmm. The big thing I saw was that Enyaz wants you to attack with multiple, like three or more right. flying creatures. So I think one of the things you're going to want to do is have a lot of cards in your deck that make multiple flyers with one card. Mm -hmm. So in Treat the Angels, if you miracle it, it makes four, four flying angels. Yeah, you've yeah. got Battle Screech, which makes one, one white bird tokens. You've oh, got, you can flash it back too. Yep. You've got Migratory Route, which also makes one, one white bird tokens. And I think tokens is a good way to go because Enyaz doesn't say that they have to be non-token creatures attacking. Mm -hmm. uh, here, this is a cool one. Yeah, Pride of the Clouds. It's blue and white for an elemental cat. I didn't even realize it was an elemental cat, <laughs> by the way. It's a 1-1 one, one with flying. It gets plus 1, plus 1 for each creature with flying on the battlefield, so that's already good for with Inez. It has forecast for two of blue and a white. Reveal Pride of the Clouds from your hand, and then you create a 1-1 one, one white and blue bird creature token with flying. Yeah, you can only activate this ability during your upkeep and only once each turn, but it's a way to sort of turn your mana into 1-1 one, one flyers if you have the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, Flying matters or grant, oh, sorry, grant flying is the next thing. So you want to give flying to your creatures. So you don't have to have only flying creatures in the deck. You probably want mostly flyers, but you can have some key, key creatures that aren't and then plan on giving them flying. Right. So wonder is kind of the classic way to do that. Yeah. It's kind of like anger is for red, but that gives haste. This is the blue one that gives flying. It's a 2-2 two, two, for three and a blue, but you never cast it because it says as long as wonder is in your graveyard... And you control an island. Creatures you control have flying. So who's good at looting? Yep, you try. You try and loot right it in there. there. If you don't want to loot and just pay a lot of mana for a similar effect, archetype of imagination. So four blue blue creatures you control have flying, and creatures your opponents control lose flying and can't have or gain flying. So that's actually pretty exciting. Now Inez and your little minions can always swing in, pretty much. Yep, you can never get blocked and die because. Nobody can have flying. Yeah. And then, like, flying matters, right? So Asperia's Supreme Judge is another blue-white commander that's a lot more boring than Inez, but it stops things from coming at you. Because if you're tapping out to attack people, Asperia says whenever a creature attacks you or a planeswalker you control, you may draw a card. Uh, Cassius got that out in the latest episode of Game Nights, and no right. one attacked him. He made a deal with me to attack him, though. Yeah, just draw, to a card. draw a card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lame. Uh, and the same thing with, like, Asperia the Inscrutable. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you choose a card name, and then that player reveals their hand, so you have to find some way of knowing what's in their hand. If a card with the chosen name is revealed this way, search your library for a creature card with flying, reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. So you can play a little bit more controlly or like group hug where you kind of know what's happening in everyone's deck. There's the classic sort of flying matters cards like Warden of Evos Isle, which is a two and a blue for a two two flyer, but it says creature spells with flying that you cast cost one less to cast. Yep. So that's like flying ramp. Yeah, flying ramp. Then oh. if, if everything well, hold on, you hold on. the flying ramp is Pramicon Sky Rampart. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally a flying ramp. That's a flying ramp. Okay, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, and then if you're going to have all your creatures have flying anyway, Magus of the Moat is a good one. Two white white for a zero three human wizard. But it says creatures without flying can't attack. Ooh, that's, that's everybody. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Combine that what with archetype of imagination and boom. Nobody can attack. No uh, one can attack. Moat is the really expensive version of that that's just an enchantment and yeah. is better, of course, but it's like 
I don't know, $600, $700 yeah, at this yeah. point? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Then there's uh, Anthem effects that only affect flyers. And this one's actually really good because it negatively affects non-flyers. Yeah, I've never seen this card before. Gravitational shift, three blue-blue enchantment. Creatures with flying get plus two, plus so. Creatures without flying get minus two, minus so. So obviously your opponent's creatures are also going to get buffer until you give it to someone else within the as, and then they get the nice creature. Yeah, probably they're not going to have all flyers, right? They're yeah. going to have some stuff on the ground. Favorable wins, really simple one in the blue enchantment. Creatures you control with flying get plus one, plus one. Okay, and then I was thinking, well, if I'm going to steal other people's stuff but also have to give them my things, a really good way to get my things back that I've given them is to blink them. Ah. So there's all kind because we do this in Rune a lot, which is like, uh, what's the what's the Drake that Gilded Drake? Oh, Gilded Drake, right? Yeah, you switch creatures. You switch it, and then you just blink it with Rune, and it comes back to your side of the battlefield. So there are a bunch of cards like Flicker Wisp. I think is the best one. Yeah, it's one white white for a three one flying creature. Mm-hmm. So it's already good with Inyaz, but it says when it enters the battlefield, exile another target permanent. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Ah. So you trigger Inyaz. You take the best thing from me, Jimmy. You give something to Mel. Now, if you don't have a treasure token or something worthless out, you might have to give her something that's kind of okay. Yeah. In which case you go, okay, and then I play Flicker Wisp, and I flicker that thing that I gave to Mel, and it comes back to my side of the battlefield. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. Not to mention Flicker Wisp just kills tokens. It can really mess up some strategies as well. Charming Prince is a newer addition. It's one in the white for a blue, or for a 2-2, not a blue-blue. When it enters the battlefield, choose one, you scry two, or you gain three life, or you exile another target creature you own, return to the battlefield under control at the beginning of the next end step. So just blue and white, again, flicker is just an important thing to do in these colors. Just make sure that whatever flicker you use can flicker opponents' things. There's a bunch of stuff that can only flicker your stuff. So Charming Prince was... creature you own right but don't necessarily control control yeah yeah you could also like give back something to someone yeah, yeah that's true like, you know what you know i was just I, I took it for just one turn i'm gonna swing with it I'll, I'll you can't give it back because you're giving it to the other side oh, so you're you, right. you, you give you something back to the person that you you give it a, something that you didn't really own away basically <laughs> yeah stolen goods stolen with. goods yeah um eldrazi displacer too oh my gosh haven't seen this card in a while two in the white three three devoid Two in the colorless, exile another target creature, then return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So outside of just the fact that this can tap stuff down, you can get rid of stuff and that you've given away, get it back. Yep. Not to mention... Protect uh, your own stuff sometimes. If you're in the blue-white deck, you're going to have a lot of colorless sources. It's not going to be that hard, I think, to get that. Uh, Miss Meadow Witch does a similar right, thing. Right. Uh, also blinks uh, creatures. Uh, also, bounce would work here too. So if you're giving away stuff. Oh yeah. So I like bounce that comes with other options. So Mystic Confluence, Cryptic Command, Sublime Epiphany. Now added to that list, all have a bunch of modes. But one of the modes is bounce uh, a creature. And so mm-hmm. what you can do is you know counter the spell, Manalika spell, draw a card, bounce a creature that I own that's on that I've given right. away and now get it back and all these uh if you've attacked with anything as a trigger multiple times bounce multiple things you've given away and get them all back in your hand yeah, yeah. i actually just thought of something really mean what's that uh let's say you have no drowsy out and you have three flyers and you swing at like josh is going off i swing everything at him i'm like all right mel take my eldrazi do it again yeah i'll give you the eldrazi if you promise <laughs> to, to swing, swing at, at josh at, yeah no it's craig that you would swing at Come right on, let's okay. be real craig was there originally you're actually right over here but yeah that's 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 interesting you can kind of like pass a thread around right and then yeah. after that because, and then bounce it back to your hand well n- the next time you do it you can pass it again because it's you know it's a con- oh, they control nice. it now so you can get the eldrazi going all the way around the table especially maybe, if you have pramicon you can make it so that it never hits it you. never hits you yeah. yeah maybe that's the pattern the goal of the Inez deck is to get as many permanents 
doing a full rotation of the table. If you could get one that everybody's owned in the game, then I think you've done a pretty good job. Yeah, that's 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 a winner. Okay. All right, <laughs> let's go on to the next one. It's Nath of the Dire Hunt. Nath? Sure. Two green green. <laughs> Look how much I care. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what we say, it'll be wrong. <laughs> uh, two green green for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, human warrior. Whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, draw a card. Hmm. Then, at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay two and a hybrid gruel mana. So two and a red or two and a green. If you do, double target creatures power until end of turn. That creature must be blocked this combat if able. Ooh. So it kind of puts a lure on it. And that means you'll draw a card because when they block, you have to draw a card. Yep. Yeah. Also, this is going to be a fight tribal deck, so doubling the power of something is probably... Going to kill whatever it fights. Yeah, probably And you're going to replace it with another card. Yeah, so fight tribal was the this first cool. thing that we went to. Yeah, Ayula, Queen Among Bears, if you decide to make a bear deck with Nyeth, or uh, with Nyeth as, like, the commander. Whenever another bear enters the battlefield under control, you put two plus and plus encounters on target bear, or target bear you control fights target creature you don't control. So you're just instantly drawing cards every single time and, and just bearing them out. We saw Graham doing a lot of fighting with his bear deck when he was on game night, so that definitely yeah. could be a thing. Oh, I remember. That's tough, though, because you'd have to have Nyeth as your yeah, commander yeah. and Ayula in the deck. Uh, this is a new one, Jimmy. One yeah. of our favorite cards from our set review, just because it's cool, is Brash Taunter. It's four and a red for a 1-1 one, one indestructible. It's from M21. Whenever Brash Taunter is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent, and then you can pay two and a red and tap it, and Brash Taunter fights another target creature. And right. because it has indestructible, it won't die. And so you could just use this to draw a card and deal some damage to somebody. Yeah, not to mention you can also make this into a 2-1 with That's true. Uh, But yeah, the, the fighting ability on this is awesome because you can just tap it and redo it. It basically says 2 and a red draw a card no matter what mm -hmm. uh, and tapping the brash throng. And probably do like... Three or four damage to somebody, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there's the Apex Altisaur. Oh, yeah. It's seven green, green for a 10-10. When it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. However, when it's dealt damage, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. So you fight it with Nyeth or you force someone to block it, and it's just going to just go after everyone. The funny thing is these are all triggered separately, so you draw a card on each one, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, boom, it comes in, fights something, that deals damage to it, so that triggers, fights something else, that deals damage to it, so it triggers. And you're drawing a card for each of the fights. And it's a 10-10, so, you know, three or four fights, kill three or four creatures, draw three or four cards. For nine mana? Yeah, it's still nine mana, that's Not a lot. Bad. I mean, you could cheat it out in a lot of different ways with green as well. There's sure. Gargo's Vicious Watcher. It's a three green, 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 eight, seven with vigilance. Hydra spells you cast cost four or less to cast. And whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, Gargos fights up to one target creature you don't control. So this is sort of like combat trick tribal now. Yep, you target your own thing with yeah. giant gross or whatever. Uh, we saw another card we saw on game nights under the control of Reed Duke was Thorn Mammoth, five yeah. green, green for a six, six elephant with trample. Whenever it or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Thorn Mammoth fights up to one target creature you don't control. I like this one because you can trigger it like at least once every turn by just playing a creature. Yeah, and the Thorn Mammoth probably won't die either. It's a 6-6. Six, six. Yep. Uh, there's Kogla, the giant ape, a.k.a. King Kong. It basically has a... It, again, when it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Whenever it, whenever it attacks, you can destroy target artifact or enchantment and defending player controls, and you can also pay one in the green to return a human you control to its owner's hand, and it gains indestructible, and Kogla does. You can actually bounce Nyeth, the dire hunt, because it's a human. 
Yeah, to give it indestructible if you wanted to. Yeah. Okay, here's the big one. Azuri's Predation. Ooh, this didn't need to get better, but it just did. <laughs> yeah. So we've been mentioning it quite a bit le- recently. It's a uh, five green, 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 eight mana for a sorcery. For each creature your opponents control, create a four, four green beast creature token. And then each of those beasts fights a different one of those creatures. Hmm. So this is... Yeah. You I, could draw like eight cards. Well, I'm not sure. Does all the fighting take place at once? Because it says whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, draw hmm, a card. So do you only draw one? We have to ask a judge out there. Judge, please let us know. It's possible that they don't. Yeah, I think you don't stack them all. I think they all fight at once. So maybe you only draw one. So maybe it's not as good as I thought. It's still, it's still an eight mana. Pretty much wipe the board and draw a card. Sure. I mean, wipe the board, draw a card, have like five, four fours left over at the end. That's often how this goes. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that one. Because I don't know if it's multiple triggers yeah. each creature fighting another one we'll see uh same with this one yes Grothama, all devouring this was the fight deck before naith came around uh it's three green green for a 10 8 other creatures have whenever this creature attacks you may have it fight Grothama, all devouring and when Grothama leaves the battlefield each player draws cards equal to the amount of damage dealt to Grothama this turn by sources they controlled so the idea is play Grothama, have it fight with a bunch of things and then boom you're drawing like eight cards yep but in this case, Nyeth just wants to double its power. It will have it fight things already. You're adding your creatures to fight it. There's just lots of fun things to do here. I can see a deck where you're just cycling through it really quickly with all these fight triggers. Now, oh, there's one more. Faux Razor Region. Actually, there's a lot more than one more. This is the last one we're going to talk about, though. It's five uh, green green for a four five with flying. It's a dragon. When Faux Razor Regent enters the battlefield, you may have it fight target creature you don't control. And then whenever a creature you control fights, you put it. You put two 1-1 one, one counters on it at the beginning of the next end step. Oh. So all your fighty creatures just start to grow and grow. One thing you'll notice about all these cards we just talked about, they're all huge mana cost, yes. right? Six, six, seven, six, eight, nine. nine. Like, it's, it's a crazy amount. You can't have a lot of cards like this in your deck. As we know from the stats episode, you're just not going to get to the point in the game where you're just casting eight drop one after another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, just yeah, really yeah. doesn't happen. So I was looking for some cheap ways to fight because I think fighting is, fight tribal is only going to be viable if you can do it for the two man, in the two mana slots. If you can play little creatures and somehow still make your fight plan work. Because if you're like, my whole fight plan revolves around play a seven drop and then uh, uh, that plan's not very good. Keep it going after that, yeah. But there's tons of fight cards out there. Like the very easy one is obviously just prey upon. It's yep. just a green. But now it says draw a card on it, right? Yep, makes it a lot better. But I think there are even better ones than that. So there's like Satessan Tactics, which is one in a green for an instant. It has Strive, so this spell spell costs green more to cast for each target beyond the first. Until end of turn, any number of creatures each get plus one, plus one, and gain the ability tap. This creature fights another target creature. So this card's actually very flexible because you can use it as a pump spell if you feel like it. Or you can say, you know, pay one and three green, give these three, or one and two green, right? uh, or no, three green. One green, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and give these three creatures the ability to fight, tap them all, draw three cards, Kill three things. That's worth it for our card, right? That's definitely worth it. Yeah. Um, Uvenwald Tracker is a really cheap way of doing it as well. It's a creature for a green. It's a 1-1, one, one, and you can tap one in the green, tap it. Target creature you control fights another target creature. So just repeatable fight spells as well. Uh, I thought another good card in this deck, and I bring it up whenever it, it whenever matters. You can, yeah. It's Arc Bond. So two and a red for an instant. Choose target creature. Whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. So in combination with fight, you can like choose a big creature of theirs, wow. make it take a lot of damage, Arc Bond it. 
This yeah. can turn into board wipe or even kill players. Jeez, if it's like an indestructible creature, then you attack with Nyeth and you force it to block it. <laughs> Speaking of indestructible creatures. Stuffy Doll. Yeah, very similar to Brash Taunter. It's a five mana zero one indestructible. You choose a player when it enters the battlefield and whenever Stuffy Doll is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to the chosen player and it can tap it to deal one damage to itself. So if you've got a bunch of fight spells going on already in the deck, then it's a good idea. Yeah, and of course, don't forget there is a lure effect attapped, attached to Nyeth, so it's going to force creatures to block that creature that's attacking this combat if able so why not give it death touch we just talked about these cards basilisk caller gorgon's flail oran frostfangs one we didn't mention but this card is quickly becoming very very powerful three green green two six attacking creatures you control of death touch and whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player draw a card yep also makes it hard to block after you've fought because a lot of times you fight yeah yeah Uh, also when you fight with basilisk caller and gorgon's flail even if it's smaller you'll still kill the thing if it has death touch so that's good yeah um engulfing slag worm is five green green for a seven seven such high mana costs whenever it blocks or becomes blocked by a creature destroy that creature and you gain life equal to that creature's toughness so usually people are just like well fine then i'm not blocking but naya says no you have to yeah Unless they throw a token in front of it, that's sad. No, but you still... Yeah, you yeah, still just, get a little yeah, bit of effect. I guess, yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's not as good as tokens. Benefactors draw one in the green instant, untap all creatures until end of turn. Whenever a creature in the opponent controls blocks, draw a card. And you draw a card for this, too. So you're going to draw a card. It's in cantrip, and then you're swinging out, paying with Nyeth, and then let's say they have a bunch of tokens. All of them have to block. Poof. Draw a bunch of cards. Yep, can be cool. Um, um, oh, yeah. And, of course... You can add more menace to this deck because why not? So we just talked about Angrith, Captain of Chaos, Goblin War Drums, pretty much do the same thing, and then Labyrinth Raptor we just talked about, which is just like now you're making it really hard. If they must be blocked, now they have to put two creatures in front of it. They're probably all going to die. You can fight one in an instant speed response, draw more cards. Seems like a really fun attacky deck in a slightly different direction for Green Red, which is what I enjoy. Yeah, you'd probably want to add uh, Black and get it to get into Jun somehow to pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is my vote for the most powerful card already. It's pretty sweet. Sweet? I think it's busted. This next one? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Emil, the blessed. I think it's the second most powerful legendary creature, but go ahead. Okay, two white white for a 4-4 legendary creature unicorn. You can pay three generic mana, exile another target creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So it Eldrazi wow. Displacers, kind of. Without having to pay the colorless mana. And it's just generic. Yeah, it's a creature you control and it doesn't come back tapped. So it's not the exact same, but obviously the usage of Eldrazi Displacers normally blink your own thing. And the fact that it comes back immediately. Yes, that's very important. <clears throat> uh, and it says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay as uh, either green or white. So Selesnia. If you do put a plus one, plus one counter on it, if it's a unicorn, put two plus one, plus one counters on it. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't think you're doing Unicorn Tribal with a meal, but you can <laughs> if you want. But this is just green-white flicker. So down on the sheet, we put Unicorn Tribal. Yay. Look it up on Gatherer. Just look for just look for the word Unicorn on Gatherer. Yeah. Yeah. Herald's Horn. Um, what was the other one we talked about? Vanquisher's, Vanquisher's Banner. Banner. Yeah, all the tribal cards. Unicorn Tribal. But, but that's not the most powerful thing about this card. It's the flicker part. It's the top yeah. ability. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways for this card just <clears throat> to go straight up infinite. One of them is Broodmodder. It's a 3-3 three, three, uh, that costs four green green with Devoid. And when it enters the battlefield, you create three 1-1 one, one colorless Eldrazi Scion creature tokens. They have sacrifice this creature add colorless. So you're just going to get infinite 
enters the battlefield, triggers because you're going to use those three scions to whoop, flicker the broom on or comes back, makes another three, and then you can just keep using that ability over and over again. So you'd combine this with a card like Inquisitor Exarch when it enters the battlefield, choose one, you gain two life or a target opponent loses two life. Um, oh, sorry, not Inquisitor. I, I meant Soul Warden. Yeah. Uh, which is whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you gain one life. So boom, you're just going to create infinite, infinite life. life. Yep. There's a lot of different things you can go here. Um, Once you have infinite enter the battlefield of a creature just continuously leaving and coming back, you usually can turn that into a win. Yeah, and there's a lot of great mm. things to flicker with this uh, Hero of Goma Feta. It basically gives our creatures indestructible. So now you have a three mana indestructible thing that you can stop most things from killing you. You have cards like Rift Sweeper so that if things get exiled, you can always keep getting them back by by uh, flickering this back into the battlefield over and over again. And there's an interesting combo with oh, Fiend yeah. Hunter and Leonin Relic Warder. So these are both creatures that say when it enters the battlefield, you may exile another target creature or Relic Warder says you may exile another target artifact or enchantment. And then the second line of text is the same as whenever this creature leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So what happens is you cast Fiend Hunter, it enters the battlefield, and it says, I'm going to exile Josh's Ulamog. Now, as that triggers on the stack, you use a meal to pay three mana and you flicker the Fiend Hunter so it leaves the battlefield. However, this new trigger of it leaving the battlefield goes on top of the trigger that says exile the Nulamog. And so Fiend Hunter, that first one's going to resolve and it's going to come back to the battlefield. However, it, when it leaves the battlefield, there, it doesn't see the card that it exiled. So you just permanently exiled that Nulamog with that trigger. And then you can do it again and exile another thing under it. Yeah. As long as you have three mana available, you can do this as many times as you want and keep stacking it so that, that the trigger when it enters the battlefield never resolves before the card leaves the battlefield and comes back as a new version of the card. So you can just basically exile a bunch of permanents this way. Hooray. It, it works with the ones that where those two triggers are separated that yes, leaves the battlefield. And, yeah, exactly. Those are the two that it works with. Yeah. There's another combo with Hidden Herbalists and Heartstone. Heartstone's kind of like training grounds. It's three mana artifact activated abilities of creatures cost one less to activate. So then this takes a meal down to two mana. And then Hidden Herbalists is a two mana, two, two, one in the green. When it enters the battlefield, if a permanent you control left the battlefield, this turn add green, green. So now you're creating infinite triggers of this entering the battlefield back and forth because every time it leaves, you get two mana. You spend that two mana because of the heartstone reduction on the meal that comes back in. Whew. Now you can combo this with cards like Bramble Sovereign. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, you may pay one in the green. If you do, that creature's controller creates a token that's a copy of that creature. So now you're getting two of these things entering the battlefield. You're going to gain two man uh, four mana off of it. And you can just keep going on and on and on. And there's ways to, you know, play a bunch of... You, you look, it's it's infinite. I mean, Hearthstone <laughs> is going to be a, a staple in this deck because also with Brood Monitor, which you talked about, that yeah. goes infinite on mana because now you only need two of the Scions to sack to activate a meal oh, and right, the one's right. left over. So there's a whole bunch of ways to go infinite on mana with... Um, with a meal, let's see. I have some written down here too. There, whatever. Just fun things to to flicker yeah, back and forth. Yeah, it depends on if you're like. Obviously, you can just go basalt monolith, rings of bright hearth, infinite mana. Yeah, and now you can infinitely flicker things. Um, there's other things like Paragon Drake. If you happen to add blue or Palancron, which untaps your lands when they come in. Rasputin Dreamweaver again. If you're in blue, will make infinite mana. Dockside Extortionist. If you can endlessly flicker it, will often make infinite mana, depending on how many artifacts and stuff are out there infinite mana infinite mana infinite mana it's not that hard to do with a meal i don't think yeah and then what do you do with it to win the game the thing is all you need is like an acidic slime because once you have infinite mana then you just blink in acidic slime infinite times and that says when it enters the battlefield you can destroy target 
uh, artifact, enchantment, or land. And That's so going to be just, every land on the battlefield. Yeah, you blow up all your opponent's lands and all their artifacts and enchantments, and that will almost always just win you the game. So... That's the powerful part of a meal if you want to build it with infinite combos. Jimmy and I tend not to do this thing, but we do like to talk about it on set reviews just so you know what's... Po- like, I think it's important to know the top-end possibility for a commander mm-hmm. so that when you're facing off against it, you at least know what's possible to happen and to watch out for. Um, doesn't mean you have to build the deck that way. Yeah. You could build it Unicorn Tribal or whatever. But it also, it is important to know the top end of the um, of the commander also so that if you do build it in the not highest cedh way or the most optimized way a lot of i don't even know if emil could be cedh probably not but whatever you build the best emil can be which is probably like eight eight and a half or so yeah you want to know if you don't build that what your opponents might be expecting from it too yeah so don't get too mad when they're like i'm gonna instantly remove that thing that says usually win the game on it yeah even though i didn't build that one that way everybody well at least you kind of understand like yes but there is a version of it out there that's like that and it's just good to to have those facts available to you again we're not saying you have to do all this infinite people get so mad when we talk about infinite combos and it's just (laughs) like listen they exist i I don't know what to tell you i'm not telling you to do it i'm just telling you they do exist and you should probably know about them the interesting thing about this card though to me is just like if it's the commander i feel like it's hard to not build it in a way that's kind of degenerate just i, I mean both i mean you and i have tribal. plenty of decks that are like not doing the most broken version of what that deck can do they're doing very good versions True. and we just we just artificially cap ourselves at a certain amount you know i might just put no tutors in the deck or i might just yeah you know what i mean for me though it's like playing a kiki jiki deck and it's like well there's got to be a, at least yeah. a couple of ways to go infinite there um so but i think this actually card is really good because if you're a deck that can play green and white you might just want this, like a Golos Tireless Pilgrim yep. deck that wants to get flickered. Uh, and also, like, it's easier than Eldrazi Displacer sometimes because that colorless mana gets to be a bit of a hamper in those multicolored decks. This is really good in your rune deck, right? Yep. The Hidden Realm. Yep, it's great. Uh, Chulain, Tarot Over Tales, he didn't need any more help, but I guess he got it. Yep. I mean, if, so. if, it's, if it wants to be blinked, especially the commander or most of the cards in the deck and it has these colors, I think this is becoming a staple because you're right. Eldrazi Displacer was played in most of these decks, and it is just a little bit harder to do the thing than this is. I've had Eldrazi Displacer where I only had one colorless source or I had none. Yeah. So only being able to activate it once is not as awesome. As awesome as like blink, 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 blink. You know what I mean? I Draw a million you can play, cards. You can That's play training idea. grounds in these decks if you're playing blue too. Oh yeah. Blah. Oh yeah. Blah. All right. Uh, we've got six more legendary creatures from the set including what I think is the most powerful one. But before we uh, get into all that, we got to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get a jump start on the remaining six cards, as well as the one that Josh thinks is the most powerful. We'll find out when we get there. I don't think it's this next one, though. No, it's not, although this is a good card. Yeah. Uh, it's Kel's Fight Fixer. Two black black for a legendary creature, Azra Warlock. This is the Demir legendary creature. It's a 4-3 with Menace or Menace. <laughs> Whenever you sacrifice a creature, you may pay a hybrid blue black so either a blue or a black and if you do draw a card so anytime you sack a creature it doesn't have to be uh to anything specific mm -hmm. if you pay one mana you're gonna draw a card and then you can also pay one colorless sorry one generic mana comma sacrifice a creature that's the cost and then kel's fight fixer gains indestructible until end of turn this harkens to Yeheni, who could sack things and Gain indestructible. make themselves indestructible, yes. Without having to pay a mana cost, though. Right. Different. Um, but you can also pay the one, sack a creature, make Kells indestructible, and then pay the blue or the black and draw a card. card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Phyrexian Altar is the easiest combo, and this is a card we mentioned probably five or six times every set review, because you're going to sack a creature to add a mana of any color. So with Kells, this means that you're always going to be drawing that card. This obviously is a really good Aristocrats deck, again, as if we needed more Aristocrats decks in the current day and age. Yeah, I, really like, so true. I really like Black Market. It's whenever a creature dies, you put a charge counter on Black Market, and at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you can add a black for each charge counter on Black Market. So it's like this really interesting mono-black ramp that wants creatures to be dying, not just yours, but other opponents too. So, you know, this Dictative Erebos, you're going to get a ton of mana off this. You should be able to end the game pretty quickly from there. I mean, it's whenever a creature dies too, including your opponents. I've seen black markets that are giving like 20 mana. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. That person's going to win, by the way, if yeah, they ever the get it up to 20. Torment of Hailfire. <laughs> end of the story. <laughs> Ophiomancer is a creature that just always makes a 1-1 black snake creature token with death touch at the beginning of each upkeep if you don't have any snakes. So again, great. One turn cycle, you could be drawing with three mana, three different cards. Yeah, and if Pretty you have Friction Alter, it's zero mana, right? Sack yeah. it to create the mana to pay it. Historic players are really excited because they're thinking mm -hmm. this is the Witch's Oven Cauldron Familiar deck that you're sacking cats to make food tokens. You're also sacking those things to, to gain life and gain the Cauldron Familiars back to the battlefield, and you're just going to draw a bunch of cards with Kells. So, sounds awful, to be honest. It just <laughs> it sounds like a worse version of Korvald. This is the fair Korvald, right? But it's playing blue instead of uh, red and green. Because Korvald's like... Why do you want to pay that mana? How about you just sack the things and draw the cards without the mana part? Yeah, right. Kills is like, hey, I have blue. <laughs> so, eh, yeah, uh, I'm fixing uh, some fights. Yeah. Eh? 
I mean, you do get to go into blue, which opens up some maybe other doors that Corval doesn't have access to, but it feels like it's very similar in yeah. style to the Corval deck, yeah. Uh, the next category here is Exploit, Evoke, and Echo. I like Evoke a lot. I didn't really think about it, but that does make you sacrifice the creatures. We'll get there in a second. They all start with E, too. Yeah. Oh, it, look at you. It's E3. Hey, it's back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sidisi, yeah. Undead, Vizier. Viz, vizier. Uh, vizier, darn it. Three black, black, four, six with Death Touch and Exploit. So when the creature enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice the creature. And then if that happens, for Sidisi, you basically demonic tutor. You look for your library for a card, put it into your hand, and shuffle. Pretty good. Silumgar Sorcerer is very similar. You're exploring to counter a spell, but you also might draw a card now off of it. Here are the evoke creatures. So there is um, Aether Snipe, Moldrifter, and Shriek Maw. They all do different things. Uh, draw cards, bounce things, or kill creatures. But the way Evoke works is they have a regular casting cost to cast them, enter the battlefield, do their thing. Or they have an Evoke cost, which is cheaper, which says you may cast the spell for its Evoke cost. But if you do, sacrifice it when it enters the battlefield. So it's basically like playing the creature as a sorcery. Mm -hmm. Drifter basically becomes Divination. However, there is a sack trigger with Evoke, so you can draw the cards off of Kells if you want to. So And you're getting a great deal, right? One in the black instead of five for yep. Shriek Maw. Yeah, is, one, so it's one in a black and then a hybrid Demir for basically destroy, uh, target, non, what is it, non-artifact, non-black creature, and draw a card. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, for four mana with Moldrifter, now you're drawing four, uh, three. three cards. Yep. Yeah, pretty good rate. Uh, there's also Echo, which is a different upkeep. If you don't pay the Echo cost, you sacrifice it. Oh. So there's like Bone Shredder when it enters the battlefield, destroy target, non-artifact, non-black creature, and then afterwards, next turn when you sack it, you can draw a card off it. Raven Familiar is similar. It kind of uh, anticipates the top three cards of your library. So, uh, interesting, right? I, I like this. I like the fact that you can kind of get a lot of value out of Demir and maybe push it in a different direction. There's no fighting on this, but there is a lot of, right? It's a fight fixer. I guess she's sort of in the background. That's actually a really good point. Why is Nath not the fight fixer? Kells has nothing to do with fighting, ding, but ding, she's ding. the fight fixer. That makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a flavor fail. All right. Let's talk about combo here. Sorry for those people that get mad about it, whatever. Um, combo. So Kells can sack herself mm -hmm. to her own ability. Sacrifice a creature. It's not another creature, which is weird because you're giving Kells indestructible with it. <laughs> but the fact that she can sack herself opens the door to all the regular shenanigans of like continuously paying commander tax by creating infinite mana to right. then draw your entire deck because sacrifice herself, pay the, you still get the, when you sacrifice a creature trigger, pay that, draw the card. So infinite mana with Kells immediately draws your entire deck which means that infinite mana with Kells basically wins because as soon as you draw your entire deck with yeah, infinite mana, mana, you can cast all of it. Yeah. And really, you only need, like you said, Torment of Hellfire at that point with infinite mana. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you're in blue, so you draw your entire deck so that you can counter, protect it, right? You draw your Pact of Negation, Force of Will, right. blah, 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 or that are also in hand before you Torment of Hellfire. There's also a couple of loops you can get in, so you just need a Phyrexian Altar for this, and then Academy Researchers is one blue blue for a 2-2. Two -two. When it enters the battlefield, you may put an Aura card from your hand onto the battlefield attached to Academy Researchers. Well, why not put Fool's Demise on it, which is whenever Enchanted Creature dies, return that card to the battlefield under your control, and when Fool's Demise is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. So you just get into a cycle where you, with a Phyrexian Altar, sack the, play the creature 
get this fool's demise on it, sack it, draw the card, everything goes back and repeat the process over and over again because it's going to enter the battlefield, put the enchantment back on, you can sack it again and draw your entire deck that way. Iridescent Drake plus Caius Ghost Form basically does the same thing. So a lot of different ways to go uh, infinite here. And Phyrexian Altar is really, I think, the biggest enabler in the Kels deck. Yeah, I think Pitiless Plunder is also really, really good. So whenever another creature you control dies, you create a treasure token. Oh. So that means now it's like Phyrexian Altar, basically, right? right? It's a second one. If you ever get both of them out, you're paying for the sack and the draw. Mm-hmm. And then once you're you don't care about or once you find another sack outlet that's free now you're gaining man every time that's going to give you the infinite mana to do the thing yep yep, yep. that's a good point um yeah. also it's you know the sacrifice you can sack it anywhere so phyrexian ultra lets you sacrifice it but also if you're making eldrazi spawn or eldrazi scion those are going to give you mana and you can sack those as well uh yeah there's a bunch of combos with nadir kraken as well so it's one blue blue for a two three kraken whenever you draw a card you may pay one if you do put a one one counter on nadir kraken and create a 1-1 one, one tentacle creature token. So that gives you another creature to sack, which mm-hmm. you can draw cards with. Kells, more tentacles. Which makes another tentacle, which draws you more cards. And so, again, you need Pitiless Plunder, Phyrexian Altar type of things going on. But once you do with Nadir Kraken, you can usually... Uh, Go off. Yeah. Do, <laughs> do more of the thing that you're already doing, I suppose. Yeah, this and is an interesting... And then with like Lab Man or Blood Artist, you probably just win the game that Ugh. way. Lab Man has got to be my least favorite way to win a game, by the way. Every time I'm like, ugh, ugh. I mean, Blood uh, Artist is not that far behind. I've died to uh, Blood Artist, you know, close to his... It's probably like Crater Hoof, Trying for the Hordes, and then Lab Man, Blood Artist, yeah. like are right there somewhere on the, the closest most i've gotten to blue and black in the deck is my marchesa deck and that has nothing to do with aristocrats or drawing out your deck so not my play style that's for sure yeah but i think it is powerful and this could this will be a strong deck yeah although i think Cor- like we said corval's probably just doing the same thing a little bit better but could be fun okay let's move on to the mono colored commanders so we've gone through all five of the uh dual colors uh and of course the i have to pairs, read yeah. yeah the allied pairs of course i got to read this one because it's muxus goblin grandee Four red red grandy dandy it's four red red for a four four goblin noble when muxus enters the battlefield reveal the top six cards of your library put all goblin creature cards with converted mana cost five or less from among them onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order and whenever muxus attacks it gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each other goblin you control let me ask you a question how many goblins are there that even have five cmc or or sorry six cmc or more like there don't goblins are all small maybe there's like two or three big ones but there's not very many like that's basically all that's basically all goblins yeah Yeah. so uh, look we've talked about goblins a lot in the m21 set review as well this is not, this is a fun goblin commander, but it's not the premier goblin commander because you got. I don't always play goblins, but, but when, when I, I do, do, yeah, <laughs> I play Kiki Jiki or Krenko Mob Boss, both under five CMC notably. Um, now we could just name the ways to go infinite, and there's Goblin Recruiter. Put any number of goblins on top of your deck. Conspicuous Snoop, the one that we talked about all these combos last time. You got Goblin Bombardment, Skirk Prospector, Urbrask, the cards that give you haste, and then you just find a way to cast everything and go infinite. Blah blah blah. Who cares? I'm just going to name some cool goblins that I like from from recent sets. Because, like, Muxus... Like, oh, this is a set review, and you're like, whatever, I'm just going to name some cool goblins I yeah, like. Yeah, you know, because, like, look, we you can do it. You yep. can do the combo thing. You can do the infinite thing with the other decks. Like, it's it's. Well, you there. don't need us to tell us because it's Goblin Tribal, and it's been around forever. Ever, so right. you can just Google it, yeah. Um, so I, let's let's name some goblins you like, Jimmy. Okay, Krenko, 10 Street Kingpin. This guy is great. Two in a red for a 1-2. Whenever Krenko attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Then create a number of 
one one red goblin creature tokens equal to Cranko's power. Mm. That's a fun little deck right there. Uh, Pashalik Mons is a really powerful goblin that was in uh, Modern Horizons. Two and a red for a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever Pashalik or another goblin you control dies, it deals one damage to any target. Mm. Three and a red sack a goblin. Create two one one red goblin creature tokens. That's pretty cool. All right, all right, pretty cool. And then Squee the Immortal. Uh, it's just a 2-1 for 1 red red, and you can cast them from your graveyard or from exile. So those are all just fun goblin cards I like, because we could we don't need to talk about goblin travel anymore on this deck, or in this, on this podcast. The only thing about this deck that's a little bit, don't forget, is you want light, top deck manipulation, so scroll rack, right. Sensei's Divine Top, and then Conjurer's Closet actually I think is really good, because you can blink Muxus, comes back in, Get oh, the, do it again. Yeah, get the top All of your right. library thing going. So that's the only interesting thing I could come up with. Okay, cool. Yeah. This next one. More interesting than me. I think... You think it, this one is? No, no, no. Oh, I was like, whoa! This next one, is it weird that like my favorite commander from like the last like three or four sets has been at least partially red? This one's mono red. Maybe I'm rubbing off on you, Josh. Maybe. This card is pretty cool. I mean, it's I, very I think, cool. I, I don't think, think the design most, yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It's not the most powerful, but I think it'll be fun in the five to seven range. Yeah. It's Zerzoth Chaos Rider. Two and a red for a two, three legendary devil. Whenever an opponent draws their first card each turn, whenever an opponent draws their first card each turn, if it's not their turn, you create a one, one red devil creature token with... When this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. Hmm. We've seen devil tokens like this in the past yep. on a lot of different Tibalt, cards. all those, yeah. Yeah. And it says, whenever one or more devils you control attack one or more players, you and those players each draw a card and then discard a card at random. So here's the thing. If you ever get three of these devils, you just swing in at one at each player. Doesn't matter if they die because they're going to draw a card. Yep. Everybody's going to draw a card and you're going to, it's your turn. It's not their turn. So you're going to make another devil to make up for it. Three devils each time. Yeah. And they could block them. If they don't block them, then you get those devils back next turn. And if they do, you throw the damage around. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's pretty cool. I mean, like, look, you just attack at everyone. You make a bunch of cards. People are discarding cards at random. Yeah. So I think the first thing you want to do with this deck that we both thought of was you everybody want, you drop want, now. Yeah, you want, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. you want everybody drawing cards, so you want to control that as much as possible. Yeah, uh, Temple Bell is a Josh Lee quite favorite. Yep, this Bong. is uh, three mana for an artifact. You tap it, each player draws a card. So that's if, just three one ones on your turn, right? Yep, and the best thing is you if you already have the devil thing going on your turn, so you're doing the looting thing, mm -hmm. then... It, remember, it's whenever your opponent draws their first card each turn. So you don't Temple Bell on your turn. Now you Temple Bell on Jimmy's. And you only get right. two uh, Devils. But still, it's still good if you have another effect like this. They kind of stack up and still work. Yeah, you got a lot of ways to draw a bunch of cards in Mono Red. Uh, Mikokoro, Center of the Sea, is two tap. Each player draws a card. Now, of course, you're always going to be down a little bit of mana from this. But you're making these little one ones, And not to mention, when they attack, your opponents have to discard a card at random, too. Yep. So they could be discarding these like very valuable cards in their hand. Uh, Gaia Reach Sanitarium is another legendary land. It taps for a colorless, or you can pay two and tap it. Each player draws a card, then discards a card. Yep. Would yep. you pay two mana for three devils, right? That's a good rate. Yeah. And like, sure, you are tapping out two, three lands in this case. Oh, I guess it's three, three mana, yeah. Yeah, but look, this deck is going to be about more than just that, right? You, you're going to do this at end steps. You're, you're yeah. saving the mana so that you can just always make these devils. And then, geez, it's really hard to attack you. It's really hard to block because your devil's going to do one damage and they could ping something and kill it. You can get a bunch of devil triggers all to point at a single creature. Yep. There's a lot of different things that are going on here. And you're kind of disrupting the table when you do it. Uh, Otherworld Atlas is another card that lets everybody lets you control everybody drawing cards. Ooh, this one's fun. Yeah, there's there's not just repeatable ways. There's single sort of single usage ways, instance and sorcery ways for everybody to draw cards. So there's Burning Inquiry, which is one red for a sorcery. Each player draws three cards, then discards three cards at random. 
So very efficient. One red mana. You en- you end up down one card, right? Because you spent right. a card, but you get for one red mana three, three devils. That's a really good rate. Like one red mana for three one ones is is like pretty. And it, uh, I was going to say it's an instant, but that one's a sorcery. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wheel of Fortune and all yeah. wheel effects, of course, also have everybody draw and discard. One thing that's crazy about this deck is that if you're playing a lot of the Burning Inquiry type cards, if you play this on turn two or three, there's a good chance you just knock someone out of the game because their strategy is in their hand. They Maybe. kept a hand for a reason and they discarded <laughs> a couple of really or important Or if you just happen to get all three lands and oh they don't have any gosh. lands. Well, that's the thing about Wheel of Fortune really early that can often just like, because you can't mulligan after a Wheel yeah, of Fortune. So. It just changes the whole game, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then you also are going to want to double up that damage or just just do more damage which is just kind of the red thing now so torbran thane of redfell we talk about all the time fiery emancipation now each devil does three damage it hits for three does three when it dies like yeah brutal. well torbran they do three also right because right, it adds right. two yeah chandra's incinerator this is a this is a really cool one i mean this card is just great the more i look at it so it's five and a red a spell it's a six six creature the spell costs x less to cast where x is the total amount of non-combat damage dealt to your opponents this turn so the devils do non-combat damage when they die it has trample whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent's chandra's incinerator deals that much damage to target creature or planeswalker that player controls jeez so it's just gonna just damage 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 and you're damage, obviously damage. gonna have sack outlets in a deck like this because the devils when they die do damage yes. so goblin bombardment's really great right because you sack it that that's two damage from the Goblin Bomb, oh, right? And if you have Torbrand out, that'd be like six damage on sack. With Chandra's, uh, yeah. with Chandra's Incinerator, that would be like, then also do like do that six damage to face. Now do it to a creature. Like, I can see pretty nuts. very fast games with Zerzoth. Oh, you this... Zerzoth turn three, you Perforos turn four. Oh, and then you go Swing Temple one. Bell. <laughs> you know, Burning Inquiry, my turn. Temple Bell, your turn. And what is that? That's already like 10 damage to everybody right there. Yeah, and then they're swinging out. You play a Torbrand. You start sacking them. You just basically can take everyone down very quickly. Impact Tremors, same idea. Uh, in the 99, I think this card is pretty good in the 99 of a lot of like wheel decks because if you're mm-hmm. already wheeling and doing stuff like that, you're going to just make these tokens. And these tokens are better than normal one ones. The when you die, do one damage is so relevant. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes... You can come up with situations where you're like, hey, I'll attack you with these two things. You block and I'll kill that Timna. Right. You know, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, so Zyrus, a new wheel deck that's also a token deck. So definitely, I think, goes in Zyrus. Yeah, it definitely goes in Ekusar, right? You're just oh, trying to ping yeah. everyone down already and you're making them draw cards and discards at random. Um, the Subira, Tolzidi oh, deck yeah. that you play on game nights might be a fun match here as well because it's got power two or less so you mm-hmm. can actually get Zerzoth in. That's cool. Um, and then I think you would also play this in a, uh, a Kalia deck because it's isn't it Devils? Oh, no, it's Rakdos. Rakdos, the showstopper. Right, right. Devils. Devils. Yeah, I was like, Kalia's Demons. Kalia's Demons, yeah. Yeah. Demon Tribal, I think, is another thing that you or could do. Or Devil Tribal, yeah. Or, sorry, Devil Tribal uh, is another thing you could do with Zerzoth, obviously, because it, it says whenever one or more Devils you control attacks one or more players, you and those players each draw a card right. and then discard a card, so they don't have to be the tokens. But I think, you know, Devil Tribal is not going to be that great, just because there hasn't traditionally been a lot of synergy between devils. Yeah. So until they create a bunch of payoffs for having devils, I don't think it's probably worth it. Just you, you are well, you probably just want to play the Tibble that makes low devils. Yeah. Just repeatable effects, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, pretty this, cool card. I like this one a lot. This is. It, can I build another red deck? Because I built a Nobosh, I built a Greven, I built a Subira. Do I really want to build? I, I was thinking know. about it because it's just like, <laughs> boy, the games are gonna go fast. <laughs> Such a. They're big... gonna go so fast. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We've got a couple left here. Do you think this is the most powerful? Nope. Oh, it must be the next one then. There's there's uh, two left after this one. Okay, so this is Ormos Archive Keeper. 
cost four blue blue so very expensive five mana or six mana five five flyer if you would draw a card while your library has no cards in it instead put five plus one plus encounters on ormos and you can pay one blue blue discard three cards with different names draw five cards discard three draw five four three mana um it's divination because you're up two cards but it's a little better than that because you can look at your hand and be like i I have lands that I don't want, so I get rid of those. Yeah, yeah. This seems like a really fun, just like kind of build around because instead of like winning the game, if your card deck has no library uh, cards in it, now Ormos just gets massive, and you have to like protect Ormos. Otherwise, you kind of just die. Seems seems really sketchy. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about some of the synergy that that we've got down here. Yeah. So if this is all about drawing a bunch of cards and and discarding ones you don't want, maybe you could play this in your attemptsis, all seeing mono blue sphinx deck, where you can pay two in the blue to tap to draw two cards and discard the card, or whenever attempts deals damage to an opponent you may reveal your hand if cards with at least six different converted mana costs are revealed this way that player loses the game oh so almost lets you really sculpt your hand because yeah. you look at it and you go okay well i have doubles of these three cmcs i discard those draw five really good chance that doing that maybe twice yeah and you get the right cmcs to win the game that's pretty cool and you're drawing five cards right you only reveal make somebody lose the game right right you're only revealing six cards from your hand so if you have like cards that maybe have bigger hand size as well you could just have a stacked hand and just just knock them out i like this next point you put down which is snow covered and regular islands yeah you should go half half right because those are cards that have different names on them so you could discard it almost yeah because you don't want like four islands in your hand because like crap i can only discard one One of these at a time yeah. yeah i think you'd also just build a deck that has very few basics yeah you know if it's an almost deck just so that you don't really ever get stuck with a lot of islands specifically or hear me out you play this card (laughs) mana severance sorcery search your library for any number of land cards and exile them then shuffle your library now you're always drawing gas, Josh. Sure. This is also really <laughs> fast. Just wait till almost is out and then do that. Yeah, I okay. guess. But I mean, you want lands, so maybe you keep a couple in there. I don't know. This is just also a faster way to thin out your deck. It's, it's sure. silly. Don't do it. You know what? No, I forget I said it. <laughs> uh, the next <laughs> category is round and round. Yep, because we're wheeling. Yep. So Arjun of the Shifting Flame uh, wheels every time you cast something. Yep. Riel of Riel the Everwise, maybe the new new card that we're talking about the most. Yeah, Frexian Altar and Riel are like yeah. most mentioned by far. Whenever you discard uh, cards for the first time each turn, you draw that car- many cards, right? So you discard three cards with different names and you draw five cards Oh my plus god, three mana three. draw eight? Eight? <laughs> yeah, this is going in Riel for, for sure. For sure, for sure. Uh, and then- Leveler is a card that this... <laughs> So Leveler is five mana for an artifact creature, Juggernaut. It's a 10-10, but when it enters the battlefield, you exile all cards from your library. If you really want to lean into that top piece of text, if you would draw a card while almost, uh, while your library has no cards, cards in, in it, it almost gets five one one counters instead yeah of you losing the you're, game you're uh, going a uh, voltron no de- cards in deck almost kill i mean i think you got to ignore That's the first funny. ability really if you're going to build this deck right like, sure you, you you don't want that to happen you even though you have a commander that says hey when you have no cards in the library you don't just lose people will just be like oh just kill that now what oh i lose yeah so i don't think you really want to lean into that i think it's really the the second ability, which is pay three mana, discard three cards with different names, draw five cards. That's what you want to lean into. So let me let me just pitch you a couple of cards you've okay, never I heard can't of. Can't wait. All right. Uh, there's Teferi's Ageless Insights. Hold on, I didn't hear about this card until recently. Yeah, brand true. new. Alhammer Archive. <laughs> knew about this one. Okay, so you just draw double the amount of cards. So now you're drawing ten. Yeah. When you do the thing, that seems pretty good. Uh, training grounds, even though it's making a mana cost of up to two less. Uh, you can only get one off this. So it's just a blue, blue, draw three cards, uh, discard three cards with different names, draw five cards. That's insane. Jeez. Hearthstone as well. We just mentioned that earlier. This again takes it down to blue, blue. Once again, this is a 
uh, creature where if you get infinite mana, you have to have some colored mana mix in there for the blue-blue, but you almost instantly win. Anything that's going to draw your whole deck when you have instant mana, infinite mana will win the game almost always in that circumstance because yeah. whole deck in hand with infinite mana so you can cast whole deck usually means you win. You should be winning. Otherwise, I mean, I, 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 okay, look, if you build this deck, the way... Ooh. <laughs> close one. That was a close one. The way I'll be impressed is if that you only can win with Voltron damage with Ormos. Sure, but I'm like, not. <laughs> I'm just gonna put swords and stuff on it. I'm not getting to zero cards in my library. No. I'll Voltron damage. You have to do it with plus. You have to only. You can only swing once with Ormos, <laughs> and it has but to count. Three other players. Okay, yeah, once per player. Once Ormos is out, the only thing it can do outside of the other ability is swing one time at a player, uh, and you have to. Well, I guess. This is not an achievement it. that well, I'm going to Because then you're going up to 10. You have to actually hit, like trigger it a bunch uh, of times. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. That's right. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> Ormos is out. You have zero cards in your library. You're like yep. brainstorming, casting a bunch of card draw spells because you've now made infinite mana and you right. have your whole deck in your hand, but you refuse to play Laboratory Maniac. So now Ormos is like a billion billion. Okay. And then you swing out. Okay. Right, and you have like an extra turn. No, because you'll... Oh, you won't die. Yeah, you won't die. A couple extra turn spells. A couple extra turn spells, but there. you have to get to that. This is not an achievement that I'm going to even attempt to unlock. All right, fine. All right. The next one is not the one that I think is oh, powerful. Oh, okay. So we saved the best for last then. Yeah. Uh, was it me reading this? Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's Bruvac, the Grandiloquent. Sure. Two and a blue <laughs> for a 1-4. I'm sure it's a real word, by the way. Yeah. We just don't know. Two and a blue for a 1-4 legendary creature, human advisor. If an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead. And uh, the reminder text, because mill has recently been made into a keyword. Yep. To mill a card, a player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. Right. It's not just a one card, right? If it's like to the top X cards of your library into the graveyard, that's also milling. Yep. So it's milling season. Mm -hmm. Right? It's going to double the amount of mill for all intents and purposes. <laughs> so, Persistent Petitioner. It's an advisor. Yeah. Persistent Petitioner is a one blue, one three human advisor. You can pay one and tap it. Target player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. You can tap four untapped advisors you control to put target player put the top 12 cards of their library into the graveyard, which is mill, by the way. They'll all get doubled with Bruvac out. And a deck can have any number of cards named per Persistent Petitioners. Yeah, so... That's, this is that's going to turbo mill them pretty fast. This is like the easiest deck in the world to build, by the way. Yeah, just, they even made an advisor just so you can't miss it. Yeah, don't forget. Uh, there are a couple of like insta kills. Mm -hmm. It's similar to, I guess it's not the exact same th thing as exquis exquisite blood and sanguine bond, but it's a sort of a similar interaction. Whereas if something does half their deck, it'll now do all the of their deck because yeah. it doubles that. So fleet swallower, which is five blue blue for. a uh, six six creature fish whenever fleet swallower attacks target player puts the top half of their library rounded up into their graveyard so this will always kill them yeah and we did double check this with eli Schifrin because it does there is some errata because hat like you can't double half right so but it's technically milling the number of cards that it mills and then it'll right. mill that again uh it would it, it might say like target player counts the cards in the library divides that number in half and puts that many number of cards rounded up you know however they template it it will work with brewback yeah. we double check that so fleet swallower just knocks a player out basically yeah because yeah. you're rounding up right if yeah. you have five cards in the library you divide by two it's 2.5 you round up to three so three then six. three more yep. yes. uh, but however traumatized three blue blue a little cheaper target player puts a top half of their library rounded down into their graveyard if they have an odd number of cards their deck size goes to one so you have to have an even amount of cards in their deck size or you just say whatever you can have one card in your library you're still gonna die you're still gonna die yeah <laughs> they're like how do i keep a card there uh phoenix god of deception is another mill deck that this could go in 
um you you tap creatures and mill for what their butt size is yeah yeah how exciting uh strionic resonator and now you can double right like it attacks and then you just double it already so double double a lot of i don't know if that's going to work isn't this in a replacement effect yeah it is it's oh, not going to work not with a trigger ability? Yeah. Oh, it's if okay yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, oh, trigger ability okay it's the word instead I so trigger abilities so just so you guys know strong resonator you might think it works like jimmy did it doesn't <laughs> because a triggered ability uses the words when whenever or at yeah just so you guys know and me now <laughs> <laughs> uh fraying sanity another mill card two and a blue for an enchant player at the beginning of each end step, Enchanted Player puts the top X cards of their library into the graveyard, where X is the number of cards put into that graveyard from anywhere this turn. So if you mill them for three, that'll become six, which then that'll become six with Frank Sanity, mm -hmm. which will become 12. Oof. So you will mill them for a bunch. Basically, any card that says mill is going to be mono blue, goes in this deck, have fun, you're friends won't like you you could do right <laughs> of replicate this isn't the worst some people view <laughs> mill weird but until you've died to milling milling has done nothing to you it's true yeah because it doesn't i mean people get mad because oh i wanted to play that card but it's just as likely to build to bring a good card to the top as it is to mill a good card away or just mill their whole deck and who cares right? i mean that <laughs> then you lose but that's like they're doing damage to you in a different way kind of yeah you can also go right of replication and halimar excavator which is just one of those things that generally would just win you the game but halimar excavator if it, it like it makes six excavators and they see six allies five times each you just instant uh. mill people but that's just like these are just milling shenanigans that have already existed in days past now they're just twice as good as they were yeah it's and you know what if this is your cup of tea sip away my friends okay so this next one is what i think is the most powerful new uh legendary creature of the bunch but i want to be clear here i do not think it's the most fun there you go because I was, I was like oh of course this is it's powerful definitely but not the one that i want to play with or against i, but I literally think just, if you just only go by power level i think this wins i don't think i'm ever going to build this deck i am hoping to never see it yeah either both. in my hands or in anybody else's hands and unfortunately we already know Kyle Hill is building a version of this deck. Oh, so, gosh. of course Kyle is. Of course, because Kyle's a mean person. Yeah. All right, just read it. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. All right, this is Kyle. Kyle's Bone. not a mean person. Kyle Bones. He's, he's a nice guy. He's, he's, he, when you're not playing Magic against him. Okay. <laughs> Tiny Bones, Trinket Thief. One and a black. So, two mana. I don't know why it's two mana. should have been more, more for a one-two. It's a legendary creature, Skeleton Rogue. Very cute. <laughs> but what it does is not cute at all. At the beginning no. of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and you lose one life. Hmm. And then you can pay four black black, and each opponent with no cards in hand loses ten life. Ooh. So once you get people to no cards in hand, you can just pay mana and kill them kill fairly them, quickly. I mean, it's not super fast. It's mono black. You'll find ways to get that much mana. Yeah, right? just Cabal Coffers, Urborg, Doubling Cube, whatever. You can do stuff like that, or just Black Market. Oh, whatever. You're not going to do any of Look, that stuff. Look, at the point what, when your opponents have zero cards in their hand, it doesn't You have matter. as much time as you need, right? Yeah, and much, as much time as you need for the entire table to just dead stare you and be like, cool, what's next? Really great not being able to play Magic right now because I have zero <laughs> cards in my hand. Oh, 10 life? Sure, why not? <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of cards that I, we're going to call persistent discard. Yeah. And these are cards that just make everybody discard cards over, oh, over every again. single turn. So yeah. Necrogen Mists, two in the black for an enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player discards a card. Bottomless Pit. One black black enchantment at the beginning of each player's upkeep. That player discards a card at random. Oh, at random. Oppression. By the way, just listen to the names of yeah. these cards to know how unfun this is. One black black enchantment whenever a player casts a spell, that player discards a card? There's a ton of stuff like that, right? So you're going to just stack up that, make it so that 
everyone's discarding a bunch of cards every single turn. And remember, you're discarding cards too, but you don't care because at the beginning of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and you lose one life. Yeah. So you get your card back. Not to mention, you might draw multiple cards. Yeah, you'll draw three cards on those because on your. Oh wait, is it if an opponent? Is it per opponent? It's an each. opponent, so you can oh. only draw one per, per turn. Per turn, right. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. On your turn, you're forced to discard two yep. cards. I draw a card on your end step. Next. Then it's discard. Mel. Same thing. I draw Craig. Same thing. I draw Gubbs on my turn. Yeah, yeah, I discard one card. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, you just or two a bunch. cards. Yeah. And uh, you probably are going to want cards there anyway. This next one's pretty b- brutal. It's uh, two and a black for an encampment. <sighs> it's called Words of Waste. Why? You pay one mana, and it says the next time you would draw a card this turn, each opponent discards a card instead. Each opponent. So with Tiny Bones and mana up, Every time. Do, yeah, and right? one mana, yep. So you're, they discard a card, you're about to draw a card, you'd be like, nah, I'm just going to pay one, make everyone discard another card. Yep. Next Instead turn, of drawing my card. Next turn, one of your oppressive cards triggers, same thing, and just you just stop the entire... You just empty out a hand, right? It only takes... If you're, if you're set up, it takes one turn rotation to empty everyone's hand, everyone's hand out. Yeah, your goal is all your opponents have no cards in hand. It's kind of like Leovold or what people do with the Narset Planeswalker now. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's yeah. whatever. We can go through a bunch of these. Liliana of the Veil. Tao Tao, Lord of Way. People are saying that this is just the new commander for the Tao Tao discard deck. Yeah, you can just basically take the Tao Tao deck and then just yeah. keep it all as is except for change tiny bones. Why not? So cool. Then there's a bunch of um, single serving discard, I called it. Single serving? Yeah, because it only you, you do it once. A tiny serving, actually. Yeah. Well, some of it's tiny, some of it's big, but yeah. Uh, first one is... Vicious Rumors. I heard a rumor about this card, Tiny Bones, Josh. What's the rumor? It's awful to play against. <laughs> <laughs> it's a black for a sorcery. Vicious Rumors deals one damage to each opponent. Each opponent discards a card, then puts a top card of the library into the graveyard. You gain a life. And then you'll draw your card back. Right. So it's one black mana. That's so powerful. Yeah. Oh, this one's rough. Oh, yeah. Mind Slicer. This is just what you want to do, right? As soon as possible in this yeah. deck. Yeah. Two black, black for a creature horror. It's a 4-3. When it dies, each player discards their hand. At least you're drawing cards afterwards. Awaken the erstwhile three black black sorcery. Each player discards all the cards in their hand, then creates that many two two black zombie creature tokens. Okay, give them a little bit back. But nobody has a hand after that, so whatever. You're definitely having everyone attack you after that, by the way. This uh, card is also just awful, and the art is just even more awful. It's pox. Black, black, black for a sorcery. Each player loses a third of their life, then discards a third of the cards in their hand, then sacrifices a third of the creatures they control, then sacrifice then sorry, then sacrifices a third of the lands they control round up each time so this is kind of like a board wipe slash losing everyone's losing life their hands and all that stuff and tiny bones wants them to get there so that you can play for a black black and boom just murder everyone on the spot there's also smallpox which is just black black sorcery each player loses one life discards a card sacrifices a creature then sacrifices a land yep dark deal is like a wheel in black i think everybody sees sort of where this is going yeah if they have zero cards in their hand it doesn't matter but if you have a bunch and you wheel you're going to discard all your cans and you draw that many cards minus one so it's actually great for you yep uh just oh, powerful yeah. yeah then there's of course the payoffs for discard we always talk about waste not mm-hmm. bone miser yep uh guess grimoire is one we maybe don't mention as much which is whenever an opponent discards a card you draw a card oh interesting so that's gonna really power your if you get that out with uh, words of waste it's just over yeah i, I like Marilyn of the morn song you could maybe put in this deck it's one black black for a two three players can't draw cards uh, and at the beginning of each player's draw step, that player loses three life searches for a library for a card, puts it into their hand, and shuffles their library. And then you just make them instantly discard it. <laughs> <laughs> brutal. It's brutal. Uh, Wishclaw Talisman is uh, one in a black for an artifact. It enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it. You pay one and tap it, remove a wish counter, 
and then search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library, and then an opponent gains control of Wishclaw Talisman, activate this ability only during your turn. So you're basically trying to control the board, right? You're like, you're playing Wishclaw Talisman as a second demonic tutor. You know you're going to keep your card, or you can find the perfect card to make, no matter what happens when they take control of the Wishclaw Talisman, they're never going to have that card in their hand because you just found the perfect card to just instantly make them discard it, discard their hand, do whatever. So it's like just like you want a tutor and you don't care about giving the talisman away. I'm not sure because then they might be able to find an answer. I'm not sure about the tutor thing. Yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a challenge, right? Get rid of my tiny bones. <laughs> uh, then you can weaponize, discard. Honestly, I'm not sure that you even have to do this stuff, but there's stuff like Magrum, Li- Liliana's Caress, right. uh, Shrieking Affliction. This basically Davriel, the War of the Spark Planeswalker. These all Kinda deal like damage to opponents. Rack. Yeah, the rack's yeah. another one. Uh, they deal damage to opponents based on discarding cards or having no cards in their hand. Yeah. Generally, you don't have to do a lot of that because once you get them to the point where they don't have cards in hand, you're already going to win. They don't have anything they can do to you. Yeah, you just need to take care of what's on the board and then you just continually lock them out with your enchantments, with Tiny Bones, and so many other things. And And Tiny Bones will do the damage eventually if you just lock everything else out. I mean, the fact that Tiny Bones only cost two mana, you don't even have to necessarily play it on turn two if you're still setting up all your enchantments and all that stuff. It's rough. It's pretty rough. Uh, and then, of course, you're going to be dumping cards into your graveyard, discarding them. So a little bit of graveyard synergy is probably a good idea. Uh, this card was reprinted in this set. Reanimate. Black sorcery. Put target creature f- card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. You lose life equal to its converted mana cost. So now you can grab their biggest thing out of their graveyard and use that to kill them instead. Jeez. So they had to discard because they can't yeah. hold on to it. Beacon of Unrest, another reanimate yeah. card. Yeah. All right. Let's um, go to the question we have written down here, which is, do you even build this? And I just put, nope. this deck feels like it's going to be horrible to play against. I don't think there's a fun version of this deck, really. No, because it literally says on the card, hey, what should I do? Oh, I'm supposed to make my opponents discard all their cards. Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to make it my opponents not have cards in their hand. That's what the card says on it. That might be one of the worst feelings, especially for new players that don't understand what's happening. Being like, what do, what do you mean discard my hand? And it's just that feeling of like, it's boring. I have nothing that to do, right? Yeah, and there's no, very little counterplay to having zero cards in your hand because you don't have any way to rebuild your hand. I'm just drawing it and hoping it's something. And if it's not, then I am just literally doing nothing. Like I can't th- even think about what I would do because I don't have... Like, at least on other people's turn, when you have a hand, you can be like, okay, if this happens, I might do this. And right. I might do this in this order. Now you just have nothing to do. Yeah, you're just sitting there like, okay, I have no card. Like, it's just not a very cool mechanic. Like, Yeah, and sometimes you actually hold cards in your hand because you're like, I have to have something to discard because of this dang Tiny Bones deck. Mm. So then you're not even playing your deck out. So I, I you know, I, no, I don't want to build this deck. <laughs> I don't want to play against if it. If Kyle whips it out, I'm going to be like, I'm finding another table. Sorry, I don't want... I know how this is going to turn out, right? And like, if Kyle's like, but I got a really cool way of making it do this and that. It's a Turing machine. I'm be like, nah, I don't care. I'll play against it a couple times because if Kyle... A couple of times. If somebody makes, if somebody makes the... No wonder you like to, spicy food so much. If somebody <laughs> makes the effort to build it, like, that's fine. I might, you know, you may have to play against my, like, Mizzix counter everything deck. Okay. Or right. like a Stacks deck or something. You know, my Derevi Winter Orb deck, fine. You're going to have to you're gonna have to be willing to take what you're willing to give here so yeah uh, but i think but in general yes i do uh, like i do not like let's say we went to a gp and we're sitting down with with three random people and somebody plays out tiny bones i'll be i'd probably be like could you yeah i don't think we want to play against that deck yeah Yeah. well the problem is is like yeah get rid of tiny bones all you want but the whole deck is going to be built to do the thing that's bad either we're going to stop it from doing its thing at all or it's going to stop us from playing or doing anything. Both of those outcomes are not like generally what I'm looking for. If you're trying yeah, to win true. a tournament or something, 
That's a totally different thing. But generally, we're just not trying to do that with Commander. All I'm right. interested to see if CDH takes this card and runs with it. I don't it, think it's probably good enough for CDH, though. Because all those cards that go with Tiny Bones already exist. Oh, yeah. yeah and they're, they're higher CMC, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I wanted to note, there was two mono blue mm-hmm. commanders, two mono red. mono red commanders, one black, but there was no mono white and no mono green. Don't care about mono green. A little curious about mono white, considering we got Mangara in the set that's supposed to be closely tied to this one. So I was like, oh, maybe they're putting another one in here. Maybe there's like a white tribal deck that has card advantage built into it. Basically, I don't think you want to be skipping red or white ever because they need the help. Everybody Mm -hmm. else, you can skip. Green doesn't, like, whatever. They can knock get a legendary creature for a couple of years. They're still probably (laughs) going to be the most powerful. Oh, there's definitely enough. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what we think is the most powerful new commander. Oh, we already said this. I think Tiny Bones, you think Emil. Emil! Unicorn, Flicker, and Josh says discard everything. And I think they're actually both pretty close in terms of, like, arguments. Um, I'd in, much in, like, rather play against Emil, Emil though. Emil yeah, because at least you can have you can kind I'm of stop play, it. I'm going to play, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still going to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe you have a chance of stopping the combo piece from locking you out, too. Um, I said what my new... I buried the lead on both of these. I'm sorry. Uh, I already said that Zerzoth was my favorite new Oh, uh, I think Zerzoth is my favorite, too. It's wow. a mono-red commander that has just, like, a lot of fun play to it. It's got a little bit of chaos, a little bit of randomness, and he looks like he's having a blast. He is riding the heck out of that. He is having a blast. Devil Ram thing. That thing is cool. I'm going to build this deck with Hellrider. He looks like Hellboy. It. Yeah, it could be. It, right? Yeah, he's got the horns. Yeah. He's throwing up the horns. Oh, Hellboy Altar. Here we come. Ooh, very nice. Uh, all right. To the listeners, what is your favorite card uh, that we talked about in this episode? Favorite new legendary creature from Jumpstart, which you think is the most powerful? Do you agree with us or not? And uh, what do you think of Jumpstart? Just overall, in general, as a set, it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. the way they're doing this. So we'd be interested to hear from you out there if you think Jumpstart sounds like something that's going to be fun. I think I'm excited to try it out. Just grab a couple decks, play it. I, this is my thing I'm going to bring to conventions in the yeah. future, right? Like, just have, like, 20 of these and be like, who wants to play a Jumpstart game? Hey, let's do a multiplayer Jumpstart game. Yeah. All right, everyone take two packs, and you've, you guys can trade packs later if you want. Who cares? Just have fun with it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, 10 seconds in, I'm already playing Magic. Like, I don't have to, like... Yeah. I like deck building and the drafting portion and all of that, but sometimes you just want to be casting spells, and this will get you there fast. Well, you play Pygow Magic, right? Right. Which is, like, Ooh, a very weird, interesting, fun version. But so, there's deck building in that. There's yeah, decision yeah, making yeah. for that. Yeah. So this one seems like it's a little fun, too, in that way. And and who knows? You might crack a Crater Hoof Behemoth. Uh, that's a good point. And if you don't crack a Crater Hoof Behemoth, or, head on over. Or if you want to crack a Crater Hoof Behemoth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow, double. Yeah. Uh, head on over to cardkingdom.com slash commandum where all your dreams can come true when it comes to singles, sealed products, domestic, uh, and, of course, a lot of other cool reprints that are in this set. You're going to want to pick up some of these new cards. You're going to want to start pimping out your decks because I, I do hope that there's going to be enough of this printed that a lot of the prices do see a nice decline. And not to mention great cards like Azusa just got reprinted as well. Now is the perfect time to pick them Grim up Tutor. when the set is fresh and when it's being the most open. Uh, so the place to do that and to support the show, our show while you're at it, is going to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Really simple to do. That's all you have to do. You type that in, just proceed as normal from there and you're supporting our show and we can't thank you enough. Yeah, and if you do get your hands on any of these big, valuable reprints like Grim Tutor, like Crater Hoof Behemoth. You really want to keep those things in the best shape possible so that yes. they retain their value. And the best way to do that is to use Ultra Pro products. Their sleeves are going to keep your cards safer than anybody else's. Their deck boxes are going to keep your decks and your cards safer than anybody else's. You're going to want to play it onto a nice playmat. And that's not the only thing they do, too. They make awesome dice. They mm-hmm. make relic tokens. They make stuff to adorn your walls in your game room at your house or in your 
your room if you don't have your own house your, your basement or whatever dungeon wherever it is we used to play magic when i learned it was in the basement of my house right. most of the time the one that got flooded right yeah let's yeah. not talk about let's that talk, part we'll talk about that sorry yeah um so ultra pro really does have you covered anything you need outside of the actual magic cards anything else they are the ones to go to because they make the best stuff and sleeves for every occasion yep. right like i have like legend of zelda sleeves i also just have regular eclipse sleeves there's tons of different things you can do there which is pretty awesome and not I use the sleeves for all kinds of stuff because it doesn't have to be magic cards. Any yes. other game that you yeah. have, the sleeves will also work for that. Board games, like, right? Yep. Like, yeah, Matt has a huge board game collection and all of them are decked out in Ultra Pro sleeves. All right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Oh. I have a cool one. Yeah, this is a cool so one. So we've all been home all the time, which the outcome of that is basically that I've watched everything. Yep. So I'm like always clicking around. Being have you like, never seen the show before? No, no, no. I oh, have. Okay. But, I was but like, <laughs> what I decided was like everything. I'm like, I've watched that. I've watched that. I've watched that. I've watched. What if I rewatched something? Hmm. What if I rewatched something? What a novel idea. So I decided to start rewatching The Wire. Oh, you mean the, ba- the best show of all time, The Wire? It holds up so well. It's crazy. I it came bet. out, I think, in 2002 or 2003, but. It, it holds up really, really well. I st- I, I'll, I'll make a confession because one of my other favorite shows of all time is The Sopranos. Yeah, it's, I was going to say that's usually the one that's in contention for best show ever. Yeah, so I started watching The Sopranos and I was a couple episodes in and I was like, it, it's still good, but I wasn't like into it. Right. You know, I, I was like, ah, I know what happens and whatever. And yeah, yeah. So I sort of was like, ah, and I stopped and I went and tried The Wire and that one, I was like, oh, no, this show still, like, has me. Like, I don't remember yeah. every single little detail. And There's a lot of dialogue yeah. in that show. And it's also incredibly relevant, given worldly circumstances, too. Yes. It actually, it is great. I realize that a lot of my formative, like, understanding really how police work and stuff works in the U.S. and where the cracks and the stuff are came from The Wire. Yeah. Also... Like Michael B. Jordan as a kid is in oh, it. Yeah. Idris Elba, that was the first time I think I'd ever seen Idris Elba With an, in everything. I thought he was an American because I saw that show. And yeah, I was like, Whoa, Stringer Bell, like yeah. one of the best characters Stringer in the Bell. whole. Yeah. The Wire on HBO, if you haven't seen it, I think there's five seasons. Skip the fifth. Uh, the second's not the, the greatest either, but the first, third, and fourth are amazing. And the first is just great. It'll hook you so fast. Like yeah. I was like 15 minutes in, I was like, "Oh yeah, this show is awesome." Do you so. like if you like crime drama? Yeah. If you if you are in, in, know anything about Baltimore? Um, if you want to see Idris Elba in one of his best roles ever, just an amazing show through and through. It's really compelling. A lot of great acting in it, and it comes from a guy named David Simon, right? Sure, I, I know the creators like spent a lot of time like with the. Specifically, Baltimore Police, Police Department. Department. Yeah. And, and they worked for the news. Uh, yeah, for the they newspaper. were journalists. So they, yeah. they were very in-depth with their research. Everything's super accurate, and there's a ton of flavor. There's a couple of scenes in there that are just my absolute favorites of all time. So. They actually, a lot of the cast, too, is a lot of actors, but a lot are actually, they went out and found, like, real Baltimore, like, yeah. p- people that had been in jail and, like, cast them to be, like, the you know, the, 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 the gang members gang or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and they accurately play it because they wanted to represent it correctly as well, too. So there's a lot of pride there, which is awesome. Uh, that show taught me about how systems work, too. Yeah. And that was really important, realizing like, oh, like that's what a corporate structure can do to a governmental system. I was like, whoa, I'd never thought about it on that sort of granular level before. Where the incentives are placed and why people act in a certain way. It's not anybody a lot of times being malicious or even corrupt. It's just right. that the way that the system set up incentivizes this type of behavior because they get rewarded based you on know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Based on closing cases. So if you've got to close a bunch of cases, what's the best way to do that? It's not always to find out who did it. A lot of times it's to try and find out the easiest way to close the case. So yeah. the wire will really, 
it, there's a lot in there. Um, it's on HBO. Great show. Definitely worth checking out. Yep. All right. Clean up step. Big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team here at the Command Zone Podcast. Ashlyn Rose, Craig Blanchett, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Jake Boss, Josh Murphy, Alfred DeSaka, and Sam Waldo. And special thanks to <laughs> Jeffrey... I was like, it's my turn. Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations that begin our show. You can find him at Living Cards MTG. He also does the animated windows behind us. I do want to say that we've got a new outro montage on the Ooh. videos, and that was done with the animations from Sam Waldo. Ah. From you'll notice, uh, you'll recognize a lot of the stuff from Game Nights. So. Yeah, we had to uh, give a new refresher. We should probably do a new Game Nights intro at some point too, huh? Uh, trust me, we've been thinking about it, but um, well, it's just we never have the time. One well, of these we days, do, we I will. think there's a set review we have to do, Josh. <laughs> yeah, Quick, exactly. let's go. After <laughs> we don't have any more set reviews, then we'll do that. All right, we will. See you next time. Peace. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs>